All right, where are we at? January 12th, right? Let's talk about how to make better food choices so that you can lose weight, right? And be more in control of your weight. So it all comes down to food. At the end of the day, uh, you know, obviously working out, exercising is helpful, but ultimately the most important factor in terms of your weight is the foods that you're choosing consistently. Uh, your weight is a reflection of the habitual uh, decisions you make in terms of food first, right? And so how do you make better food choices? Because uh, typically the, the strategy people rely on is using willpower to not eat the foods that they know they shouldn't eat, okay? And so that's not a bad starting point, obviously. But what's ultimately going to get you to a state of mastery, which is what we're after, because you don't want to lose some weight. You want to master your weight. You want to be able to live at your goal weight for the rest of your life on near autopilot. And so in order to do that, you have to get good at making food choices right, consistently. So I know I'm stating the obvious here, but the way you make that happen is what's not so obvious, okay? And so there's a couple of ways to get yourself to consistently make good food choices. So the first thing to understand is that typically when you think about losing weight, making better food choices, you're starting at the beginning and you're starting at a place where you're not currently making good food choices. And so the initial part becomes, I have to stop eating these bad foods, all right? But we can't stop there because if you only focus on what you can't do, right, the, the foods that you can eat, then you're not telling your subconscious mind or your mind or your body what to eat. You can't prepare for it. You can't have those foods available and ready to go. You can't strategize. All right. So we can start and have a sense of what we need to stop eating. But the most important part is to clearly understand what you want to eat. Right. So again, this may sound obvious. I don't know. But this is why I definitely see a lot of people um, making a mistake because they're so fixated on what they have to stop eating. You're very aware of the cookies, ice cream, chips, whatever's. And you say, I got to stop doing those. Okay. But you, that's not enough because your subconscious mind doesn't understand negatives. Right. Um, again, I tell you not to think about a banana. You think about a banana. And so with a lot of dieting, what's happening subconsciously is you're fixated on the thing you don't want to do, you see? And so you're never really telling yourself, you're never really focused on what you should do, right? And so that makes all the difference in the world. So once you understand that part, and I promise you, I, you're, you're doing it more than you think, you know, because logically what I'm saying is like, oh, no, no dip Sherlock, as my kid likes to say. Um, no kidding. But it's like, you're probably not doing that. You're fixated on what you want to stop doing. Why? Right? Why, why is that happening? Okay. It's because your brain is always trying to conserve energy. Okay. And so what you are currently eating that's wrong is you're very aware of it. You do it, right? You have the neural connections of, well, I eat ice cream. I eat cookies. I eat chips. So you know these things, right? You don't need to think about them. You don't need to figure them out. You just look and you're aware of what you're doing. Now, coming up with what you're going to eat that's healthy. That is hard work. Like it really is. It's harder than you think. You need to literally create these new options for yourself. Okay. So it's a lot easier when we want to lose weight. The easiest energetically to do is to say, well, I'm eating this wrong thing. I'm going to stop. And to all of a sudden get to, well, what am I going to eat instead is it takes a lot of cognitive effort and energy to come up with new ideas. So again, what I'm saying, I want you is like, it sounds so simple, but on a deeper level, notice what you do. When you try and lose weight, you get fixated on the stopping the bad stuff. And you get caught up in that mindset. And so when we talk about weight mastery, it's a future reality where you don't have to um, constantly say no to the foods. Do you see what I mean? So this is the idea of like, you want to think like a thin person, not a dieter, 
right? And so a dieter is really their norm, their normal eating is unhealthy in the wrong thing. And so the process is stopping themselves from doing that, you see? But people get wrapped up in that. And that is why it's always so hard. That's why when you try and lose weight with a diet, you could be on it for a year. And all of a sudden you kind of get off and you go right back to how you used to eat. Nothing changed, right? And this is partly because of that, because subconsciously the way you're approaching your weight loss with a diet mindset is one of saying no to the wrong foods. Okay. So the real focus becomes, what do I want to eat? What do I want to eat? You know, and that becomes a combination. It can't just be, this is my advice to you, take it or leave it, but it can't just be um, uh, just based on what's going to help you lose weight the quickest, right? So it can't just be, oh, I'm just going to eat salads and, you know, low calorie soups, whatever, because that's going to be the lowest calories and that's how I lose weight the fast. So you got to take into account that there's a couple different criteria, all right? And before I go into those, let me just kind of make this point one other way. When you come up with your goal weight, just to start off there, you can't just pick a number. And a lot of people just kind of reflexively just pick a number. It's usually the same number they've been trying to achieve for years, decades, many decades. Okay. It says, I want to weigh X amount of pounds. And um, what happens is there's not a lot of meaning with that. And we can't just pick a number because our weight doesn't live in a vacuum, right? You have to live a certain lifestyle in order to achieve that weight. And so it's the same thing with the food. You can't just pick the food that's going to get you the fastest, best results the fastest. Now, I know it makes logical sense. That's what you'd want to do, right? Because you want to lose weight the fastest. You want to get the fastest results. So you're going to choose your food based on what's the lowest calories. And that's going to get me there. Okay. But that's short-sighted. This is why I say you really want to reorient yourself with a better goal. The goal of I just want to lose some weight is a incomplete, inaccurate goal. Because the truth is you don't just want to lose some weight. You want to lose the weight and then you want to live at your goal weight for the rest of your life on your autopilot. A much better goal. And you need to articulate this goal to yourself to give your subconscious mind a more accurate direction of where you want to go, right? I just want to lose some weight is like telling your GPS, I just want to go to someplace nice. <laughs> Bring me to the beach. What beach? You know what I mean? Like be more specific and why? And so understanding that you want to get to your goal weight and then live the rest of your life there on near autopilot is much more what you actually want. And But you've been wrapped up in that diet mindset. I just want to lose some weight. I just want to lose the weight. Well, what are you going to do when you get there? I'll figure it out then. You know, and so we need to start describing what we want more accurately, you know, in more detail. And so the truth is that you don't just want to lose some weight because you've lost weight in the past and you put it back on. Is that what you want to do? <laughs> of course not. Right. So we need to right from the beginning, start with a clear idea of what we're looking to accomplish, because the strategy you use to just lose some weight and the strategy you use to master your weight once and for all are two totally different things. And so even right here down to it, like, how do you eat better? Well, it becomes we can't just pick the foods that are going to make the weight come off the fastest, right? Because that may be hard for you. It may be boring. You may not like it. You know, it may feel like you're deprived. And if that's how you feel, you're going to have to force yourself to do it. And you'll only be able to do that for a little while. So it won't last. You won't be able to maintain it. And so what we have to do is kind of balance out here what foods are going to give us the results we want. But we also have to take into account what foods are relatively enjoyable, what foods are relatively easy to prepare and have ready for us. You know, we got to take more into account of this. It can't just be the results that that's very short sighted. And that's why you keep getting stuck on that hamster wheel of, you know, you start a plan for a little bit. You're all into it. You're tracking every little thing. You're measuring every little thing. Then you make a mistake and then you're not doing any of it. And then time goes by and you get all frustrated and worked up again. And you start another plan, do the same thing. You just keep repeating it. Right. So how you do it differently here is that you start right from the get go. Again, I want to lose the weight and keep it off for the rest of my life. 
And how can I eat in a way that's going to make that happen? So how do I choose, you know, how do I make better food choices? So it becomes, what I'm trying to tell you here is that there's more of a, it's a, there's a full philosophical aspect to it. There's the psychological mindset piece to it. It's not just me saying, you know, there's not just tactics of how to make better food choices. It's not me just saying, oh, just, just write out a meal plan and follow it, you know? So, so there's more to it. So someone says, it's a lot of planning. I used to get lazy, but this time around, I'm sticking to it. All right. So here's what I'm saying. If your meal plan, so I always say this is one of the more extreme things I say. I remember seeing a, a meal plan. It was like 30 days of meal plans for, for weight loss. And it was three meals a day for, for the month. And so it was 90 different meals. It was all different. Every breakfast was different for the entire month. Every lunch was different. Every dinner was different. Okay. So right off the bat, I don't think that's going to work. I don't think that's going to work for people, you know, unless you love, absolutely love to cook and make new foods, right? But that makes you a real outlier because most of us are very lazy. We do what we did. And we eat what we've eaten because we know how to make it. We know how to get those ingredients. We know how to prepare it. We're familiar with it. And so being familiar with something allows us to prepare those foods with a lot less energy. Okay. So how much energy it takes to prepare the foods has got to be part of your criteria of what you're even identifying as the best food options. It can't just be the best result. It's got, you got to have a holistic, a more complete criteria for what makes the best food for you. Okay. And it takes into account how easy to prepare, how much do you enjoy it? How easy to take the ingredients. Right. And so, um, you know, like meal planning, again, it makes sense, but even the meal planning, when you're meal planning, you want to try and reduce it to as few meals as you need. And so everyone's different with this, right? People have different, um, requirements for how much variety they need. Right. But let's start with breakfast. Okay. Because breakfast starts and typically that's the meal people care the least about typically, right? And so if that's the case for you, if you kind of care about breakfast the least in terms of variety, you don't really care. It's not really the celebration meal compared to like dinner. And so if that's the case, what we want to do is when we, we want to optimize breakfast, how healthy can you make it, right? How good can it be? And once you've identified some of those things, how many different options do you need, right? How many different options of breakfast do you need? And for average person is two, three is kind of an average. Um, and sometimes, you know, people need a little more. I need less. That's one of my superpowers. I don't really care about variety for breakfast Monday through Friday. So that makes it easy for me, you know, to kind of just always have those things there. And I just, I'm on autopilot. I just eat it and eating those foods. I know I'm going to feel good afterwards. Okay. Which is a big point we're going to get to in a second. So the first part of meal planning, I think is recognizing how much variety you need, because the more variety that you require, the more energy it's going to take to get those foods and to prepare those foods and to think about those foods. Right. So I'm not judging it and you shouldn't judge it either because everyone's got different requirements for how much variety they need. You know, it's a factor you got to take into account. If you don't take into account, it's going to affect you one way or the other. And you're going to wonder why, you know? So again, I always say this rule, the number one rule I have for people when it comes to losing weight, there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. And so you are the number one and only factor of what works. It's up to you. Okay. You build everything around you. So if you can eat the same thing every day, great. You have to have something different every day. Fine <laughs> to prepare for it. But I would suggest best practices says the less variety, the easier it is. Okay. And so once you've kind of identified how much variety you need, and typically people need the least amount of variety for breakfast, a little more for lunch, and then the most for dinner. That, that's kind of the, the general pattern of it. Um, so, so that's kind of the idea when you start with that way, and you have a more complete idea of what is better food choices. 
Um, and now you have a more richer idea of it. So it's not just the calorie count of it, um, but it also takes into account, again, how easy it is, how much you enjoy it, um, and how easy it is to get those ingredients. So once you understand that, then you can start to optimize and prepare for it in an easier way. And this is where you start strategizing for it. So the way that I've seen to make the better food choices is again, to kind of prepare yourself for success. And so when you have a sense of what you're gonna eat for breakfast for the week, and then you can go logistically and start easing how you're gonna get these ingredients. You know, So for me, like I'll eat a salad Monday through Thursday for lunch, right, every week. And so I have a routine. The, the most important part of me making those salads is if I have the ingredients here on Monday. Okay, so I will either get them. I have it so routine down that it's like I will get them Sunday or Monday and then I'll start. But the logistics of getting that stuff into your house and having it available is a huge part of this whole thing. And it's one that a lot of people overlook because a lot of people approach weight loss, the whole process in a very conscious willpower oriented way where they keep thinking each time it comes to making a food decision, I'm going to make the right one. Okay, but your ability to make the right food decision depends on a lot of things that happen before that. And one of those that's very important is the logistics of having the ingredients available and ready to go. You know, I can have the best intentions in the world to make my salad at noon on Monday, make all my salads. Um, but if I don't have the lettuce, well, I can't do it. You know, no, no. So now I got to go to the store. Now I got to get it. So I have to take into account the logistical piece of where I'm getting the ingredients. You see, this is why the less variety, the easier it is. No doubt about it. Now, again, you may want more variety, but you got to account for that, you know, and take into account, you know, where am I going to get these ingredients? When am I going to get them? You know, so I'm optimized. If I'm going to get my, when I go to get my, my stuff for the salads, I know I'm either going to go Sunday, like usually four to six o'clock at night, or I am going to go uh, on Monday, like nine o'clock in the morning. I'll drop my kid off at school and go right over there. And I choose those times specifically because I know there's no traffic. It's not busy. And so it's the fastest time I can get over there and get back. So you see what I'm saying? I'm, I'm thinking about this in more depth than people typically do. I'm taking into account the logistics of when am I going to get this stuff, you see? And so, because if it's busy, right? So if I have to go and it's like, uh, you know, a busy time, that's just one more thing that in the back of my head, I'm going to say, I don't feel like it's going to be too busy. I don't want to do it. You see, I'm trying to get rid of as many barriers as I can. So I'll actually do it. There's a lot of subconscious barriers to what you're doing and how you're behaving. You can't just approach this as a willpower thing, which is what you do because you're conditioned to think that way with the diets, right? You're conditioned to think that, okay, tomorrow's Monday, I'm going to start losing weight, but you have no plan. You have no real strategy. You have a tactic of, I'm going to eat better. Um, and you think you are magically willpower wise going to force yourself and choose to eat the right choice every time. And that is 100% not how you operate as a human being. That's not how your brain's set up. And this is why you haven't been able to stick to a plan because it takes so much cognitive energy to do it that you can't keep it up. You know, you start out strong because you're really focused and motivated, but that, that willpower, that focus fades over time and your subconscious programming never changes. You know, your subconscious programming is the programming that's keeping you at the weight you're at right now. And so you try, again, let this represent your subconscious programming and it runs on autopilot, just runs automatically. And you try and use your conscious willpower to fight against that. That's the dieting mindset. You know, and you can do this for however long you can do it. But at some point you get tired, bored, distracted, sick, something, and this kind of fades away. And this part just keeps running the way it always did, you know, never changed. And again, this can go on for years. Like you could literally do this for a year, two years, and then you kind of whatever. And then this just goes right back. Why? Because you, you can't get rid of wiring. You can't get rid of bad habits, old eating habits. It stays there. Well, thanks for the rose. Um, it stays there, you know. And so what we have to do is we have to wire new wiring over it. All right. Um, so making better food choices, again, in a simplistic way, it's about thinking more completely, okay? It's taking into account 
that you're, you're eating better can't just be making the right food choice in the moment. Oh, thanks for the rose. Um, it can't just be making better choices in the moment because you can't rely upon your conscious mind long term. It's just not gonna work. I mean, imagine if you imagine if you had to remind yourself, you had to remember to breathe consciously, right? We'd all be dead, right? As important as air is, we'd all forget to breathe, you know? We're not built to consciously be aware of every little thing we're doing. You're not built consciously to make every food decision consciously with awareness. You're not built that way. And so diets right off the bat, you're you're literally working against your the way your brain is built. You know, you're working against yourself. This is why it feels, doesn't it? When you try and diet, doesn't it feel like there's there's a rebellious part of you as a part you're fighting against? Of course, right? Because you want to lose weight as much as anything in the world. Like you, I know you do. So what part of you is compelling you to keep eating the wrong food? <laughs> like what's going on there? You know, and I know you probably don't have an explanation for this, but I do. It's again, you have a conscious and a subconscious mind. Now your subconscious mind doesn't want you to be overweight. Understand that. But what happens is your subconscious mind is just running programs that it's learned. And just runs on my autopilot, you know, just like tying your shoes. You learn that and now you do it without even thinking about it. You can tie your shoes while you're watching a show. You're looking this way, this way, talking to someone, you're tying your shoe. You know, how are you doing that? You're not consciously paying attention to tying your shoe. So how's that happening? Right? How do you get on a bike after 20 years and you can just ride it? Right? You're not consciously talking yourself to the process. It's a subconscious program that you've learned. And there it is running. Well, all of your eating habits are subconscious programming, you know, and so you've probably learned unhealthy eating programs that are in your subconscious mind now and they just run on autopilot so it's not that these programs want you to be overweight it's that these programs just run because that's what you've learned all right and so the real secret to creating real weight change like and i talk about weight mastery i like to make that distinction because again it's not just about weight loss that's not what you want what you want is you want to be able to master your weight once and for all to live at your goal weight for the rest of your life and to have it be automatic so you can do it on near autopilot you don't want to be focusing on food all the time you know and so the only way to make that happen is to transform your subconscious mind to put new programs into your subconscious mind healthy programs that run automatically that's the real secret and so again it's the complete opposite of the diet mentality where the diet mentality really is like it, there's so many things wrong with it and you're literally in a state of hypnosis when it comes to your weight loss so you're not thinking clearly but what you think about, and I say this to kind of bring some awareness to it and to, and to realize the, the main reason I do these, these calls right here is to kind of wake you up to the fact that there is nothing wrong with you. Because I know if you're watching this, there's a very good chance you've tried losing weight a bunch of times and it hasn't worked. And the way of the diet mindset is that if it doesn't work, you take the blame. You say, well, there must be something wrong with me. Look at all these before and after pictures following this plan. I'm not getting that result. There must be something wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with you. The problem is the strategy you're using is way inadequate. It's, you're, it's not meant to transform your weight forever. Understand this. I know I say this every day, but it's like um, the, the diets are owned by all the big food companies. They're one and the same. Okay. Um, Weight Watchers was owned by Heinz. Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle. Uh, Atkins Foods was owned by the same company that was Cinnabon Pretzels or Onions Pretzels and Cinnabon. You know, these companies don't want you to lose weight and eat less of their food. You understand? They want you to restrict calories for a little while in an inadequate way. Blame yourself because they know that that leads you to eat more calories ultimately. And this is why all the diets just tell you what to do, but never show you how to get yourself to do it. They never have the mindset piece, you know? And this is why you keep you know, again, you may try different diets, but the results are always the same because at the core of every diet is them saying, okay, here's what to do. And then it's up to you to get yourself to do it. And the only tool you have is willpower. And, and it doesn't work because you're not built that way. You're not built to be 
100% consciously aware of every food choice you make. <laughs> There's way too much going on. Your conscious mind, your willpower is part of your prefrontal cortex. Your prefrontal cortex is about 10% of your brain. Your subconscious mind is the other 90%. It, it's, a, it's like bringing, you know, a stick to a cannon fight a bazooka fight it's just like it's there's no there's no way you're doing that you're not built that way this is why monks you know literally leave everything in life leave it all and just live this real simple life so that they can try and be mindful all the time you know it doesn't work let's switch something here so um you need to have a better strategy right from the get-go and that even applies to again eating better what does that mean and so it's about taking a step back and really kind of looking at it in a more complete way all right. So I get to some questions here. Someone says I'm taking it one time, one week at a time. Yeah, good. That, and that's why you should do it. One day, one week at a time, for sure. Someone says absolutely account for situations when you are out of groceries and need something quick and eat. Yes, yes, exactly. And that's another thing too. People with the diet mentality is all optimized around perfection, right? And that's that all or nothing mindset. You're either perfect or you're not doing it at all. That's worst worst mindset you could have. Okay, when it comes to really anything, but especially weight loss. Because weight loss, you really, you can't be all or nothing. I always say you need to be all or something. And it's that shift from being nothing to something that makes the biggest difference in your weight. Because you can only be all for short periods of bursts of time. You know, there's too much going on in life. You can't just, unless you're like a bodybuilder or your, your livelihood revolves around your body, you get too much other stuff in life going on. You're never going to be all all the time. You're going to be fixed. You're going to be motivated and excited sometimes and focused on it sometimes, but a lot of the time you're not going to be fixated and focused on it. So it's, it's orienting towards how can I improve those times? And that part, that's exactly what you say. Sherry, I, I believe that's your name. Um, that's exactly what you say. So it's like, you want to have an ideal. This is what we want to eat. This is my plan, but you also want to have a backup there. So a great backup is something like, like some healthy Kansas soup that you just keep in your house or wherever you are. So it's like, if you don't have your, your first plan A meal, you have your can of soup that you can go to, you see? So it's like, it's, it's, it's um, like mitigation planning, right? That's what's gonna get you the best results with your weight loss. You're oriented to thinking all or nothing. And so you're either perfect with your eating or you're not thinking about it at all. And it's about still orient yourself to being perfect, great. But recognize that you're not gonna be perfect and have strategies that are kind of a second place one. That's going to make one of the biggest differences in your whole weight loss. No doubt about it. Someone says techniques for eating out and making better food choices. Yeah. <clears throat> so the big thing with a restaurant, and I'll explain this in a different way than you've probably heard before. The best way to think about going out to a restaurant, and really this is all of your eating, but it's especially true when you go out to restaurants, is that you go into a hypnotic trance right? The person you are right now, like at your house or when you're thinking about your weight and all the rest of it is different than the person you become as you walk into that restaurant. Um, and this is especially true if it's a restaurant where you have experience there, right? So if you go to a restaurant that you've typically gone to and overeaten at and ordered the wrong foods, you have to understand your subconscious mind does what it did, right? So we basically, if we've done something in the past and we've eaten a certain way in that restaurant before, there's a very good chance we're going to eat that way again. All right. And so when we walk into restaurants, we have this programming of overeating, of choosing the wrong foods. It's a celebration. It's a special occasion. Right. And so there's all these subconscious cues that kind of put us into a trance state, which we all go into trance states all the time. OK, it's not unusual. Um, there's you're not someone who doesn't go into trance states. You are in trance states all the time. It's the human condition. OK, we always go into trance states. We're not consciously super aware of every little thing we do. You're Like the opposite of that would be like being like a robot, you know, like where you're just like, you know, every time you have to do something, it's like, okay, let me calculate that. Let me think about it. You don't do that. You just run on autopilot. 
you know, and you're kind of, your conscious mind just kind of sits on the top and just goes along for the ride. But you're mostly, you're running through your day on autopilot primarily, and you're eating 100% autopilot. What time you go to bed and when you go to bed, that's autopilot, you know? And so you can consciously say, I'm going to do this. And then you don't do it. So how do you explain it? Right? You know what I mean? Like, so you have no explanation for this and no understanding of it. And so understanding your conscious subconscious mind, that dynamic, that relationship is very enlightening because it starts to explain why you behave the way you behave. Right? Because you have no idea. Oh, I want to lose weight. I'm going to go out to a restaurant. Oh, geez, why do I order all that food? Oh, I did it again. Right. How do you explain that? If you're a conscious being who's just making logical choices, why would you do that? Right. Well, I have cravings. Well, what's a craving? Where's the craving coming from? You think it's just this physical thing in your body? It's not. It's your mind. And it's what you've learned to do. So if you've learned to go to restaurants and overeat and eat, you know, extra, you know, unhealthy foods, and I don't like to use the word unhealthy foods, um, but extra celebration foods, let's say. You get an appetizer. So if, if you're like one of these people, every time I go out to a restaurant, I get an appetizer, dinner, and dessert. That's what I do. And so all of a sudden you go into, you say, I want to lose weight. Okay, we're going to a restaurant. You walk in there. If you don't get the appetizer, dinner, dessert, it feels weird. Right. And so it's driving you to do the same behavior again. So when you go to restaurants, though, here's the key thing. And this is it's hard to explain this stuff because there's more depth to it. And so I don't want to just give you tactics because tactics don't work. It's got to be like a holistic approach and system. So one of the things I teach, so I have a program called Program Yourself Then. And so the first thing we teach is the Program Yourself Then technique, which is basically how to hypnotize yourself. I don't know how you would ever really create any profound changes in your life without understanding how to hypnotize yourself, because all hypnotizing yourself is. It's not this crazy weird thing. It's literally just being able to communicate and influence your subconscious mind, which is the part of you that's running all of your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, your habitual ones. And so when you go into a restaurant, again, you're going into a trance and you're used to going into the restaurant and eating, overeating, choosing the wrong foods. And so I could tell you like, oh, drink a glass of water before you go, have a small healthy snack before you walk in the restaurant. And those are good tactics. They can work, no doubt about it. Problem is you're not going to want to do those because part of your experience going to the restaurant is that it's a celebration. It's a it's freedom from the diet. I can eat what I want, you know? So it's more of a mindset thing than anything else. And so what you want to do is you want to ask yourself, how do I want to feel when I go into the restaurant? What's the best version of me? Why do I want to lose weight in the first place? That's where, that's why it's so hard for me to kind of say this because it's piecemeal in my program, right? Like the, there's a mindset blueprint, a lifestyle blueprint, eating blueprint. But the mindset blueprint is the most important one. And the first one we start was motivation, where you start to understand why you even want to do this. You know, when you're crystal clear in your motivation, um, it makes everything else easier. The second piece is a self-image. Okay. So the self-image is how you think about yourself. And so when you walk into a restaurant, the way you're thinking about yourself has a huge impact on what you're going to do. Right. And so again, you tend to think of okay, don't overeat, don't overeat, don't overeat, which is programming to overeat. So the real secret of walking to the restaurant and actually ordering the way you want to is to walk in there as the person who you truly want to be. If you were a person who was in control of their weight, you know, and so again, there's a lot of, a lot of work you have to do to kind of get to this point. So when I'm saying this, it may or may not hit, but I'll just kind of give you the overview and maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. But when you walk in that restaurant, who do you want to be, right? How do you want to think? How do you want to feel when you walk in there? If you were your ideal self, who is crystal clear about why you want to master your weight, how important it was to you. And let's just imagine your motivation was cranked up to 100. Let's just imagine that for a second. I don't think you can do that without going through the blueprint, but let's just imagine it. And imagine you were a person who wanted to be healthy, um, felt good, felt in control of your weight. Now, if you were that person and you walked into that restaurant, how would you behave? How would you feel? How would you act? What would you order? How would you eat? You see? So again, this is a real, you don't have any nuts and bolts of it, but that's kind of the first step I would take. And it's a way more powerful way because every time you think about the restaurant, you're even thinking about it 
as you who overeats. You know what I mean? Like it's so embedded into you that you can't even get away from it. This is why people can lose 50 pounds and they still don't feel any different. And they just put the weight back on. You see, the real secret to mastering your weight is to transform from the inside out into the person you want to be right from day one. And so it's a different articulated process. It's not just about losing weight. It's about becoming the best version of you that you can be. And we keep relying back on that. You know, so we keep going back to who do you want to be? What's the best version of you? If you were the best version of you in that situation, how would you behave? How would you act? And so as you start to think about that, you start to give yourself solutions. You start to train yourself. So I hope that makes sense. It's hard to answer these questions without just giving some tactics, but uh, I hope that makes some sense because it's bigger than the tactics is, is the real thing. Um, let's see, what else, what else? Um, COVID and making logistics difficult made meal planning hard to get to get back to it now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. COVID changed up lots of things, and I think you guys should um, acknowledge that. You know, We don't want to use it as an excuse, but I always say like you want to make a distinction between excuses and reasons. All right. Excuses are things we just keep saying and don't really try and fix. Reasons are things that were legitimate challenges. COVID was a legitimate challenge. You know, that, that was a thing that really just blew a bomb up in everyone's lives and changed everything. And a lot of people, because it was uncertainty, because there was stress and fear and nervousness, all the rest of it, a lot of us, you know, gained some uh, unhealthy eating habits, you know, and, and forgot about some of the healthy habits we had. It happened to all of us, it happened to me, you know? So it's about recognizing that and then readjusting, getting ourselves back to where we were, not back to where we were, but back to, not not even back, but but creating, referencing what was working for us and then putting that into the future in a new way, if that makes sense. Because we can't go back. So things that may have worked for you in the past may not work for you now, but you can still learn from the things that worked in the past, but you need to kind of update them to work for you now. I, ho I hope that makes sense. Um, but yeah, that, that's a common thing that COVID kind of switched things around. So if you can gain some awareness of ways that COVID kind of impacted you in a negative way and start to update yourself, because again, that's the nature of your subconscious mind is that it do, it does what it did. And so a lot of people are still subconsciously in a COVID world. You know what I mean? Like they're still kind of in that place. And so it's important to kind of wake yourself up and recognize like, um, Kind of calibrate yourself. Where's reality now? Where am I at now? How much is still of that still affecting me, and how much of that is no longer accurate? You know, and look at that honestly, and, and kind of move forward. Because if we don't do that, we tend to just keep on running the COVID scripts. You know what I mean? Even though that's not, you know, it doesn't have to be that way anymore. Okay, um, very important. Someone says I got motivated to meal prep my salad by watching one of your videos. Thank you. That's awesome. I, I love that that video was so uh, inspiring for people. That salad routine for me was an absolute game changer. I've been doing that for a number of years now, but that has been eating wise. That's been one of the best things. Before that, I used to make smoothies every morning for breakfast, and the salads to me are a whole level better for me. I, I absolutely love them, and that's a cornerstone of everything I do. Um, it makes everything so much easier. That has really put me on a path where it's just amazing. If you can put those salads in your body, you know, four or five times a week, that much nutrient density and nutrient variety into your body regularly, it changes you at a cellular level. I mean, I can't overstate just how impactful that is. You know, it changes everything and it makes everything easier. You know, if you can get those salads into your body, um, it, it, it does its own thing. It has all sorts of residual effects, positive ones, and it'll change you in ways you can't even imagine in positive ways. It makes everything else easier. So that's awesome. Good job. Um, um, do you put all of your salads together at the same time? If so, recommendations for salad storage. So what I do, and it's a little bit different that video. I've, I've tweaked things up a little bit since then. Um, first thing is I do four days a week now. 
you know, so I find like it's the same amount of salad. So I get like that big, that big plastic tub. Um, it's the same amount of stuff, but I, I put it into four bowls instead of five. Okay. And so I use Pyrex dishes, but I mean, you can use whatever you want. I like glass dishes. Just, I just prefer them. You know, they, they, they last longer, you know, the plastic ones, they, they degrade quicker than the other ones. Um, so I like the Pyrex bowls. I think it's worth the investment. Uh, and then what I don't do anymore that that's different from that video, I don't put the beans in there anymore. Okay. So I keep the, the, and I, those are chickpeas, garbanzo beans. I keep those separate. And so I will have the salads made and I do, I do four of them. I make them usually on Monday. I make them Monday and I'll eat that first one. And I'll put three in a bowl. Um, I'll put the gar garbanzo beans in a different spot and, uh, and, and they last, they last totally fine. Four days is, is no problem at all. You know, you got to make sure the greens are dry. That's probably the most important thing. If the greens are dry, everything else is pretty good. Um, another tweak, and, and people wrote this, so I learned from some of the things. Tomatoes now, instead, I get a different tomato. I leave them out of the fridge. That's been a real game changer because they taste a lot better when they're not refrigerated. Um, so that's really good. And I'll add those each day, you know, so those aren't in the salad. But they didn't make any difference anyway, so they're not wet. Um, but yeah, and, and so the storage, they last really well, you know, certainly for, for three, four days. Someone says, what's your podcast? Uh, program yourself then. So if you want to listen to my podcast, yeah, just search pr whatever podcast um, service you use. Search for uh, Program Yourself Thin. And uh, yeah, every day um, it's been, and I intend to keep it up. I'm, I'm putting new stuff up. So I'll tell you, I mean, it, it, the, the next best thing, you know, get, getting my program obviously is the number one thing. But second to that is to listen to my podcast and my streams. The more you listen to that, I promise you, that alone is going to change the, your weight. You'll start thinking differently. You know, so it, it's a little bit, it takes longer. My approach takes longer to lose weight, okay? Because you have to understand the diet mentality is all built around how fast you can lose weight. And that in and of itself is a trap, right? It's just like anything. Um, anything in your life that you want to learn, like actually learn, the more obsessed you get on shortcuts, the longer it's going to take you to learn it, okay? So it's like, you know, if you can let go of that, that idea, you know, if you can have some patience in the process, that right away opens you up to more sustainable you know, strategic plans, you know, but listening to me, I promise you, I, I will change the way, cause I've been doing this very professionally for over 20 years. And so what happens is, I mean, not only am I a hypnotist and I'm using certain techniques conversationally to, you know, positively impact you, but I'm just talking about good things. I mean, so even if I wasn't doing that, just talking about this different way of thinking about your weight and food and all the things we talk about, um, is going to impact you. Okay. It's going to have an impact cause you're going to think differently. And it's a much more natural way to create the changes. And so my clients over the years, you know, it's like, and I was, it's funny, I was talking about this today. So a lot of my clients will say, oh, I hear the gym voice in my head and, and that helped me out. And I tell you, you know, I hear the gym voice in my head, but it's like, it's a coach. I call it the coach voice, right? And so I have the negative voices in my head too. You know, I want to make that crystal clear. And so when I'm feeling depressed or angry or frustrated or whatever kind of unresourceful state I'm in, I am looking to develop and bring in my coach voice. That's what I was doing. You know, I did this for about 10 years or so before I started doing this professionally. And it was a really, it was always this working on the internal dialogue in my head. And it was always about developing a better internal dialogue, the ability to influence myself in a powerful way. And so, uh, you know, the more you listen to me, you know, I promise you, you'll just start thinking differently. And it's, it's, it's slower. So I, I'll be completely honest about that. It's slower than like me saying, Oh, you know, okay, cut 50% of your calories out tomorrow and then just, you'll start losing weight. That's the dieting thing, right? And so if you're obsessed with just fast results, you're going to choose unsustainable methods typically. But as soon as you start orienting yourself to long-term results and, and ultimate mastery and success, um, 
it's actually a lot easier, you know, because you don't have to take this drastic action. You can take intelligent strategic action. And as you start stacking these things up, these strategies and these new ways of being up on top of each other, before you know it, you've completely transformed the way you think about food, the way you think about yourself, the way you feel, and ultimately the way you eat, you know, um, which turns into a new body. But more importantly than a new body even, it's a new you, you know, a you that's, you know, your ideal self, right? Because that's the goal here is not just to lose weight, but to become the person you want to be. But yeah, my podcast, uh, Program Yourself Thin. Yep. I think it's Program Yourself Thin. Yeah, thank you. Yep, yep, Program Yourself Thin. So you can listen to those. I'm also on YouTube, um, but on YouTube, I'm Jim Katsoulis, so you'll use my name for that, but um, th then the other ones are uh, the podcast itself. Where do we listen to the podcast? If you want to watch video, you can go to YouTube. I live stream these um, over there, and so those are available to watch. Uh, and podcast, anything, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, whatever service you use, uh, you can just find that. You can go to my, my website. Um, I believe it's up there, right? ProgramYourselfThin.com. I believe the blog page is up there that you can get to, and uh, you can listen to it there as well. Someone says, loving your content. I'm 76 pounds into a 100-pound weight loss, and this is very helpful for the last 24 pounds. This is great, and this is the perfect time for you because, you know, here's the thing, right, with weight loss. Because everything's fixated on weight loss, what ends up happening to people is they get obsessed with weight loss. And, you know, at first... The first challenge is you're giving up the pleasure of the food, right, to, to lose the weight because you're going to eat less of it. And so you're, you're getting less pleasure from food than you used to. But what's happening is you're getting the pleasure of the weight going down, right? And so, yeah, you lose the pleasure of the food, but then you get the pleasure of the weight going down. But then what happens is at some point you reach your goal weight. And now sometimes it can be like, well, what do I do now? All right. So I'm really glad you've, you've heard this now. I believe your name's Hannah. Um, because now what you want to start doing is orienting yourself towards maintenance, right? And so... You know, what, what I always say, I always um, tell people, like, we're going to take your weight loss and we're going to wrap it in personal development. So when I work with people in my program, it's really about, like, who do you want to be in your life? You know, it's we got to take, it's got to be about more than just wanting to look better. It's about how you want to think, how you want to feel, who you want to be in your life. And as you start orienting towards that, that's like a forever goal, right? Whereas the weight loss is really just a temporary goal, right? You can only lose so much weight. It's a phase, you know, and so you want to start transitioning now into weight mastery because you're going to notice, I can almost guarantee you that as you get closer and closer to your goal, you start feeling a level of anxiety because you've gotten your success by fixating on weight loss, you see, but that's going to come to an end pretty soon. And so you've got to reorient your goal a bit. All right. It's very, very important to, to recognize that. Um, whoop. Yeah, get these questions. Someone says, good evening. Good evening. Um, so you're connecting to your ideal self, then self-coach through triggered times with targeted self-talk. Hey, look at you. Yeah, Sadie, that's exactly right. You said it better than me. That's exactly it. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I got to get you to write copy for me. You said it better than I did. Yeah, you're connecting to your ideal self. Yeah, that's exactly it. So my program, right, the, the mindset piece, the very first things you do, my program, it's a 60-page workbook, right, where you're coming up with these weight mastery blueprints. The first one's the motivation piece because... You're not even motivated to lose weight. I'm not going to get into that right now. But it's like once you know how to actually control your motivation, like like push buttons so you're really motivated and fired up, you know, then we're ready to get to work. And the very first thing we do is your self-image, you know, because you're, the thing that's controlling your weight more than anything else is the way you think about yourself. And you think of your, if you've been overweight for a long time, you think of yourself as an overweight person. It's how you define yourself, your identity. It's how you operate in the world. So you're familiar with it. You may not like it, but you're familiar with it and you're relatively comfortable with it. You understand the world from this point of view. When you all of a sudden lose weight, you start to be like, well, who the hell am I now? 
And now all of a sudden it's, it's an uncertain feeling. And while you, you think you want to lose weight and you do, subconsciously it feels very disorienting. And so right from the beginning, we need to identify who you want to be, who's the ideal you. So because weight loss, so much of weight loss is about running away from who you are, right? Not wanting to be this version of me. And it's so fixed. I don't want to be overweight. I don't want to just, I don't want to be overweight. I just want to lose the weight. I want to lose the weight. Well, what do you want to be? Who do you want to be? I don't care. I just want to lose the weight. I'll figure that out then. Mm-mm. That's not going to happen. That's why people put the weight back on. I've had so many, I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions, right? And so I've had so many conversations with people that lost the weight. And I said, well, what happened? Right? You, you were motivated enough to lose the weight. Well, what went on once you got there? And, and the main thing I heard if I summarize it, people saying, I didn't feel like myself. You see, that's why we got to start with this self-image piece. The self-image piece, by the way, that came from Maxwell Maltz. He was a plastic surgeon back in the 50s and 60s. And he recognized, again, plastic surgery was a little different back then. It was more about correcting like real deformities. And so he would fix these deformities in people, but the people still acted as if they had them. You see, so the way we think about ourselves inside our mind is that having the biggest impact on what you're getting on the outside more than anything else. That's why as soon as we get through the motivation piece and you're ready to do the work, that's the first, that's where the work begins. Who do you want to be? You see, um, I mean, how do I do it? Right? I've, I've had the same weight pretty much for 30 years. It's like, there's no weight loss anymore. So how do I maintain that motivation that, that, you know, that motivation to, to want to eat well and live well to maintain this weight. It's because my motivation really has very little to do with the scale, you know, or how I look. It has to do with complete, like who I am, who do I want to be, you know? And so, uh, it's exactly like you said, once I have a sense of who my ideal self is, which most people don't because, again, you never sat down to craft your own self-image. You just basically absorbed it from the people around you, the experiences you've had. You know, you never sat down in school and said, who, who do I want to be? What's the best version of me? You know, who am I and who am I my best? Let me define that. What is that? Because that's what this process, that's what I've seen to be the most effective is when you really know who your ideal self is and you keep referencing it. It's very much like one of the, one of the mantras in the program we talk about is like, what would the thin me do? right? But that's model on that question. What would Jesus do? Right. And what was that question about? It was about elevating your thinking to a higher level so you could see things from a different perspective, right? You were connecting to your ideal self-image, just like you said, Sadie. And so when you, when you're doing your bad behaviors, right, when you're sabotaging yourself, you're not connected to your ideal self. You see, you're connected to a different self. And so a lot of what, what we do in my program is practice connecting to that ideal self. And this is why it's important to understand that your weight loss is less about learning more information. It's much more about reinforcing good things, what you already know, you know, just like anything else you would learn, a musical instrument, a language, a sport, you know, anything that you would learn that's like a skill with you, that you have to do with your body. It's less about all the information. It's more about just practicing it and getting the muscle memory of it. And it's the same thing with weight loss. It's less about knowing what food you should eat. And it's more about how can I consistently be, how can I think, feel, and be and act like the person who I want to be. And so that becomes the process. That's why my approach to weight mastery is an inside out process. That's why I don't just give you tactics and I'll oh, just do this and eat this and say that. It, that's not enough. You know, it's this holistic inside out approach. It starts with, just like you said, Sadie, connecting to your ideal self and using that self as your main guide. That's your main guide. Okay. More than me, more than anyone else. That main guide you want to listen to is this ideal you that's inside of you, right? That's where the wisdom comes from. And that's the part of you that you develop so that it starts hypnotizing you because you're always getting hypnotized. We always say in the hypnosis world, you are your own, you are your own best or worst hypnotist because you're up in your head talking to yourself 24 hours a day. 
And that's what's more responsible for your results than anything else. You have no sense of this probably, and you have no ability to get it to be positive. And that's what I help people do. And it starts by identifying this part that's already within you, this sense of who you are at your best. And it's about nurturing and cultivating that version of you so that you become that version of you inside first and then outside. Okay, so I hope that makes sense. It's a completely different approach, but it makes a lot better. I love the salad. Yeah, yeah, it does. I felt the difference. Yeah, the salad makes such a difference. I mean, here's the thing with the salad. And this is what I, when I started with it, I read, I, I started the salads um, during lunch right after I'd read the book, uh, How Not to Die by Dr. Greger. And that, that was an amazing book. You should really ought to read that. It, it was very, very powerful to me. And I started to recognize the importance of nutrient density and variety in my life. And I started thinking to myself, what would I feel like? What would be the impact if I was nourishing myself so completely for a year? I mean, what would happen? You know? And it's like the it, it's it's like, you know, because do you like taking vitamins? I don't even know. You value vitamins, you don't, but it's like a super it's beyond any super vitamin. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, how much good stuff can you put in your body? And what's the impact of that gonna be? You know, it's like, how can you not be curious about what your potential is, you know, if you really nourished yourself? You know, and I can tell you, it's incredible. I mean, it's a level of energy, of focus, clarity, um, satiety, right? I'm satisfied. The salads are so satisfying because there's so much fiber and so much micronutrient I'm putting in my body. I think people are micronutrient deficient <clears throat> as a whole. And so just like when you don't get enough calories, what happens? Your body has mechanisms to send you a hunger signal, right? So if you don't eat enough, what happens? You feel hungry, okay? But what happens if you don't get enough micronutrients? Why wouldn't your body send you a signal to... to to eat more. When you're thirsty, your body sends you a signal to drink more, right? And so it's like your body is always looking to create this homeostatic thing. So it's always signaling you to do things. And if you're not eating enough micronutrients, I think a lot of your hunger is that. It's that your body's signaling. Because your body thinks you're going to eat stuff. Your body's still an evolutionary brain, right? So your brain's, or your brain's still an evolutionary thing. Your brain still thinks that you're going, when you eat, you're eating natural, healthy foods. You're in the natural world. It hasn't caught up with the fact that you can eat just trash, right? No, no micronutrients in it. So if you're not getting micronutrients regularly into your body, there's a good chance that that's a big part of why you're hungry regularly. And it was for me. I mean, it was it was amazing. And it took a while, you know? But um, after doing it for a while, it's like I felt a sense of um, satiety and satisfaction that, that I could never imagined possible, you know? So, yeah, it makes a huge difference. Uh, you didn't gain weight fast. Oh. You didn't gain weight fast. I want to see this. You didn't gain weight fast, so slower makes sense to be more sustainable. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Um, that's a great way to think about it, you know? And and again, you know, there's always that saying, right, that people overestimate how much they can lose in a month and underestimate how much they can lose in a year. And I think that there's something to that. And I think if, if you're just, because I'm telling you, one of the big traps of weight loss is that you trade the pleasure of the food for the pleasure of the weight loss, okay? And the problem is, that uh, it, what are you going to do once you, you've lost all the weight? You know what I mean? Like, like I think from day one, you really got to be thinking about your maintenance, your long-term success, you know? And so if you think about losing weight and one plan is like really fast results and one plan is medium to slow results, it's probably really hard for you to get any motivation to do the slow medium results, right? Because you're so fixated and so programmed to just, I just want to get fast results. I'm going to do this. I want to get, I want to do it quick. You know, but that in of itself is showing you um, a mindset issue that you have, you know, if you really want to master your weight. So, again, the, the process of weight mastery is less about just changing your eating, honestly. It's way more about changing your thinking. 
It is about changing your eating too, by the way. But like I said, in my program, there's three pillars, you know, but I think of them as a pyramid because I think it's important to recognize them within context to each other. And so the bottom level, the biggest level is the mindset, right? Because without the right mindset, you're not gonna do anything, you know? So once you have the mindset, then there's the lifestyle piece. I don't know how you could eat well consistently without having the mindset piece in place, you know? And then once you have those things in place, I think then, then let's work on the eating, you know? Um, but until then, because what's the point? You know, what's the point if you have a trash lifestyle and your mindset's crap, like all you're going to do is you're going to do something for a little while, you'll lose some weight and then you'll put it back on and then your mindset's even worse after that, you know? And that's where a lot of people find themselves now. You know, I've lost weight and I've done it. I can't get myself to start now, you know? Your mindset's so destroyed from the diets and, and the starts and stops. That's why I say you got to stop doing that because when you chase shortcuts and, uh, you know, quick fixes, you get a little bit of results for a little while and then you go back to whatever, but it keeps getting worse each successive time. You know, till you get to the point where you can't even get started anymore, you know, and nothing ever changes. I always say to people, you know, as little about losing weight now as you did before you started your first diet, you've learned nothing about actual weight loss. You have a lot of strategies and tactics that you kind of are aware of, um, but you don't really know the, the, the real nitty gritty of losing weight, you know? And so I say, find a path that's, that's true, that's real and start walking it. You know, it's the path of mastery. It, it's a way more, it's a slower path to start off with, but it's way more long lasting and it feels a lot better. So... Yeah. Being, being okay to lose it slow is, is a great thing to work on. Someone said you made a video about how your conscious mind will know something is bad for you, for example. Um, I don't know how your conscious mind will know something is bad for you. Um, I, I'm going to just go with that because, I, I mean, I think the conscious subconscious mind, understanding that. So hypnosis, right? I'm a hypnotist. I don't think like me hypnotizing you, me, me putting you in my, my hypnosis chair and hypnotizing you, it's not going to help you lose weight ultimately. Okay. I, I don't believe that. And that's why I don't do that anymore, by the way. I think you have to hypnotize yourself. But before you are actually using a process to hypnotize yourself, I think the most important and valuable aspect of hypnosis is the understanding, the philosophy of it, how it explains the mind. And so you have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. Your conscious mind is the logical, rational part of your brain. It knows why you should lose weight. It wants you to lose weight. It knows what you should do. It's the subconscious part of your mind, which is the actual in control, is the party that's actually running your weight. And it is illogical. It's not rational. If it was, you would just eat the right ways because I know you want to lose weight. So why don't you eat the way you should to, to lose weight, right? If you were purely rational and logical, you could be like a robot and you could just type in in the morning what you were going to eat all day. And then you would just do it because that's what your programming was, right? You would just do it. The problem is you could type that in now as a human, and as it got closer to actually do that, some part of you says, I don't want to do that. Well, what part of you is that? How do you explain it? And the truth is you have no explanation for this. You just think, well, I just need more willpower or there's something wrong with me. Very vague, unspecific examples. And that's why you can't fix it. And so I think hypnosis gives you a starting point. I think it's the most practical and useful explanation for how your brain works. And I don't know, like, like hypnosis, to be honest, is not... The smartest people in the world don't seem to study hypnosis and write books about it. Uh, I'm just going to say that, it, you know, like, like professors and scientific teams don't seem to really like do a whole lot with hypnosis, right? They focus a lot more on psychological theories. Um, but I don't think those theories really explain practically how to change your behavior. You know, there's cognitive behavioral therapy, which is getting in the ballpark, but in terms of like practical strategies to actually change how you think, feel, and behave, I don't know. What are you going to do? And so I think hypnosis does it because the problem with hypnosis is people think someone's going to do it to you. And right off the bat, that's a problem because A, 
you're never gonna let anyone really all the way in most likely B, if that does happen if someone if like if i because i've done this where i hypnotize someone and they completely change the thing is they're super suggestible well tough tough because we live in a world of hypnotic suggestion so if you're super suggestible and you're expecting hypnotist to change you that's fine if you lived in a vacuum you live in the woods by yourself but you don't you go back and then you're watching tv other people all the rest of it, and then that's rehypnotizing you Okay, so what you have to do with hypnosis, I think the only way it really works is if you understand hypnosis yourself and it ain't, it's not rocket science, <laughs> it's, it's a conscious mind, subconscious mind, your subconscious mind understands things differently. You can't just say to your subconscious mind, hey, subconscious mind, um, eat less food because we want to lose weight. It, it, it doesn't understand that. It says, huh? And it says, uh, it's eight o'clock. Let's eat the ice cream because that's how we relax. So like that's how your subconscious mind, it was very Pavlovian. It just links things together. And so you have all these subconscious programs that you do on autopilot and you're trying to fight against them consciously. But what's a way more effective and long lasting solution is to use your conscious mind to change, to, to put new programs in, into your subconscious mind so that they run automatically. Okay. So, so let me put this in a metaphorical term. Um, I like to use the, the example, like a cruise ship. Your conscious mind's like the captain of the cruise ship and your subconscious mind's like the crew of the cruise ship. And you need both of these people or both of these groups for the ship to run properly. If the captain says, get out of your crew, I'm going to do everything myself. Well, we know what happens. And if the crew says, get out of your captain, we're going to do it. Well, now you have no direction or guidance. Okay. So how does it work best? It works best when the captain gives the guidance and um, kind of manages things and oversees things. And the crew carries that out with clear direction. Okay. And when the crew's doing something wrong, it doesn't make sense for the captain to say, get out of here. I'm just going to do this myself, you, you dummies. It makes sense for the captain to say, okay, hold on. Let me show you how to do this. Let me let me show you. And you can show them one time and, and that's not enough. You have to show them and then kind of go back and make sure they do it. You have to train them. But once the crew figures out how to do it properly, now the captain doesn't have to think about it anymore. You see, that's probably like the best way to think about your, your mind. And right now you don't think of it that way. You just think about yourself as a conscious being. You see, you have very little understanding of your subconscious mind and how it operates. And that's why you're so stuck because you keep thinking you need to somehow magically create more willpower to force yourself to act in a new way, you see? And it's completely inaccurate. It's completely wrong, you know, and opposite of the way your brain actually works. So what you have to do is learn, you know, and so, so here, here, let me add one more thing to this metaphor. Let's just assume that the crew all speaks, uh, you know, French and the captain speaks English. So in order for the captain to speak to the crew, the captain needs to learn how to speak the words that he needs to communicate in French. You see, that's a much better way to think about it. And so the way your subconscious mind understands things is not through logic. If it was, you would just automatically do the things you should, you see. And so your subconscious mind understands things differently as a different language. And it's the language of imagination, you know. And so they speak completely different languages. And you're trying to, you're like a captain who keeps talking to the French crew in English and getting mad at them for not changing. You see, the, the fault's yours. You got to learn how to speak to them in a way they can understand, you see. And that's the challenge you're having right now. But once you understand how to communicate with that crew, you know, then again, you, you'd let them know and you have to kind of train them and make sure they're doing it right. But that's a much more strategic, intelligent way to create, you know, make that cruise ship work, right? And it's the same thing with your mind and your behaviors. You know, that's the secret. And so, um, 
I hope that makes sense. So that's how hypnosis really works. And I don't think I answered your question, but I didn't really understand it anyway. So I'll give you a little lesson on conscious subconscious mind. You're absolutely right for me. Maintenance was the hardest part, harder than motivation for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, that's why me. So in my program, right, we have these blueprints. We start with the mindset and the mindset is split into six pieces. It's motivation first. It is self-image second. Then it is habits, understanding your habits in detail. You don't right now. Um, how, how do you deal with your emotions is the next piece, how to think and then maintenance. Right. And so that's the whole thing, because you can't wait to start focusing on maintenance until you lose the weight. Right. The problem is you can't maintain past a couple days. Usually, you know what I mean? So you need motivation strategies right from the beginning, because you, what you're doing is you're you're thinking that your willpower is going to last and it's not. Your motivation just feels like it's the moon's aligning. You have no sense of why you're motivated, where it comes from, where it goes, you know. And so you need to under you need to have motivation maintenance strategies right now. You know, right from the beginning, you need to start day one with maintenance strategies at the ready. You don't want to just lose the weight because what you're relying on is the excitement of the weight loss. And that fades, that goes away because you stop losing weight at some point, you know? And so it really is a combination of motivation and maintenance. That's why their book ended like that, right? <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine a weight loss program that, that starts off with motivation and ends with maintenance, right? And, and it just shows you right from the beginning how to do that stuff. Like, it's just, it's crazy. Because again, I ain't the brightest guy, but it's like, I don't know how all these diets and these weight loss plans just miss the most obvious stuff. It, it makes me nuts, you know, which it's fine, but it, it, it bums me out because people are, well, Hey, they're not getting the results. They want, and they're literally dying. You know what I mean? Like, like weight loss to me is life and death. You know, um, if you're overweight or obese, you know, your lifespan is going to be shorter than someone who's not on average, you know? So it's literally life and death. And then it's the quality of life before all that happens. And, um, you know, people want to lose weight so bad, but they're just stuck in this loop of, oh, I can't do it. And it's such a negative space. You know, it bums me out so much, you know, which is why I do these. I'm trying to help people, you know, um, eating ice cream, but yet you eat it. I don't know what that means because of your subconscious mind. Like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Eating ice cream, but yet you eat it because your subconscious mind likes it. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's exactly it, you know? And so, yeah, you know, so I know the ice cream is bad for me. I shouldn't eat it, but so what's driving that behavior, right? It's your subconscious association, to the ice cream. Now I say subconscious association is a general catch-all. There's specific things that are going on that are causing that association. Um, one of them is how you think of the ice cream, right? So the ice cream's good and bad at the same time. It tastes good, it's enjoyable to eat, and simultaneously it's bad because it puts extra weight on your body, makes you feel bad about yourself after you finish eating it, you know, if you're struggling with your weight. I don't feel bad after I had ice cream last night. I don't feel bad about it because I'm at my goal weight and I know I eat it moderately and it's I have a healthy relationship with it and it's fine in that component. You see, but if you're struggling with your weight, you finish that ice cream and then you feel you're mad at yourself. You feel disappointed. You're angry, you're frustrated, you're depressed. Okay. And so the ice cream's good and bad. It always is, you know, but subconsciously you're fixated on one or the other, you know? And so what you are fixated on because of millions and millions and millions of food ads you've seen in your life and the culture is always fixating on the consumption, the eating of the ice cream. And so as long as you stay fixated on the consumption, it's gonna be very difficult for you to change your association to ice cream, right? Because you just think of it primarily as this really enjoyable thing. And so weight loss to you is, let me stop myself from doing this really enjoyable thing. <laughs> that's gonna be, that's trouble right from the start. Your brain's a pleasure-seeking mechanism. It just wants to feel pleasure. So you say, okay, ice cream's really pleasurable. I'm gonna stop myself. For what? For this arbitrary thing in the future that might happen? That's a, that's a, it's going to be real hard, right? So what's the subconscious approach to this? It's recognizing that ice cream is good and bad. And depending on which one I focus on is going to dictate how I feel about it, what I associate to it. So if I train myself subconsciously to 
not focus on the consumption of the ice cream so much, but instead to focus on the consequence of it. How do I feel 10 minutes after I finish eating that ice cream? Because that's just as real. You see, now we're in the realm of the real. This idea that there's the pleasure of the ice cream and the pain is that I, I, I want to lose weight. It's going to put weight on me. That doesn't work because that pain of losing weight is too far in the future. Your brain's not set up that way. So you say, well, I shouldn't eat this ice cream now. I shouldn't have this pleasure now because I might potentially lose some weight in the future. Your brain says, screw that. We might be, we might not be alive in the future. We might not even make it. That's what your brain says in the moment. And so that's a bad way to look at it. It's not a good strategy. So a better strategy is to say, yes, the, the, the ice cream tastes good now. That's the consumption of it. And 15 minutes after I finish that ice cream, I'm going to be, I'm going to be thinking of myself like I let myself down. I'm going to think of myself as an overweight person who can't control their eating again. I'm going to feel like, there I go again. I screwed up. And then emotionally, I'm going to feel depressed, frustrated, angry with myself, pissed off. I'm going to think about tomorrow when I wake up and be mad at myself for doing it. So those are all real things that are right around the corner. So as you subconsciously start to program yourself and train yourself to focus on the consequence and you start naturally, so now comes up, should I have ice cream tonight? Well, in 10 minutes, I'm going to feel like shit about myself. I don't want to do that. If that starts becoming your automatic response, guess what? You're going to eat a lot less ice cream. And it's because it's based on truth too, you know? Um, so anyways, that, that is, that's the subconscious aspect of eating ice cream, you know, for example. Uh, how do you train your subconscious mind to know what is good versus bad for you? Um, kind of like what I just said, right? So there's always this consumption versus consequence with the food thing, right? Um, and it could be flipped around. Like exercising, we would flip that around, right? So exercising is good and bad. The bad part, though, is that it's a pain in the ass, right? It's uncomfortable. It's, it's hard. It's difficult. Um, and the good part is that we feel really good about it. So it's, it's literally the flipped around of the ice cream. And so subconsciously, when you think about exercising, you're fixated on the pain, the, the, um, the consumption of the, of the exercising is hard, right? And so you're fixated on the, on the pain in the ass of the exercising, the, the pain of it. And what you do is you retrain yourself to focus on the pleasure of it, you see? So again, they're both true. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, again, you can't bullshit your own brain. And so you're trying to do that. You say, oh, ice cream's bad and I don't like it. And I'm going to not eat anymore because I want to lose weight. Your, sub your mind knows it's good. So we stop lying to yourself. You can, and again, this is, this allow, this idea that everything's good and bad requires that you, are able to deal with a bit of cognitive dissonance, which the brain is not very good at. Our brain wants to think one thing or the other because our brain just wants to conserve energy. So to think nuanced ways is not what our brain wants to do, okay? But we can do it. We can train ourselves. But everything's good or bad, right? And especially in America, right? It's, it's all or nothing. It's one way or the other. You're, you're left or right. You're one, well, it's a society of right, polar opposites and nowhere could either one of them ever be right. You know what I mean? It's, it's this, that's the way we live in now. So that makes it even worse in addition to it being kind of wired into our, how our brain works. But the truth is though, everything's good and bad, everything right? And, and so it's like, if you can get on board with that, understanding that makes everything else a lot easier because instead of trying to lie on yourself and say, oh, ice cream's really bad. Da, 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 you can say, no, it's good in this way. When I eat it, it's good. And the consequence of it is bad. And when you start looking at it that way, you start realizing, you zoom out a little bit more and you realize that consequence phase is infinitely longer than the consumption phase, right? Now you do this already because you're probably not like a drug addict, most likely. And when you think about someone being a drug addict, you naturally and automatically do this. You're oriented towards the consequence phase when it comes to drugs, right? You, hey, listen, we all, I get the sense the heroin's pretty enjoyable. It, it seems like when you do heroin, it feels pretty good. <laughs> that, that's the story, right? Now, even though that may be the case, so it's good and bad, even heroin. Imagine this, imagine me saying heroin's good and bad, right? That's the level of cognitive dissonance I'm, I'm comfortable with. And I don't know how you could tell me this isn't true. 
You know, I, I, I would never believe you. You know, I think they're both. And I think recognizing they're both frees you up. It gives you power because now you can say, which one do I want to focus on? They're both true. It, it's a, it, it, there's a, there's a, a consistent line of, of logic here. You see what I mean? Th and that feels good to the brain, you know, and that kind of works with, against the cognitive dissonance and we kind of deal with it a little bit. So, um, yeah, heroin's good and bad, right? It, it feels good. If, so, if someone gives you something, you do something, I guess it feels pretty good. But what happens? You're so oriented subconsciously to focus on the bad, the consequence of the heroin, right? So that you don't even want to do it. Cigarettes, same thing. Clearly cigarettes are good and bad. People wouldn't smoke cigarettes if there wasn't something good about them. Okay. So they're good and bad. And so how does a person go from being a smoker to being a non-smoker? How does that happen? The cigarette didn't change. Their body didn't change. What changed? Their mind, how they thought about it, what they focused on. How does someone going from being an active heroin user to being a reformed heroin user, cocaine user, gambler, any addiction, how does someone go from being an active one to being a reformed one? What changes? It's not the substance. It's not their physiological body. It's not really their, their brain structure. It's not their genetics. Those things are all consistent in the same. So what changes? To me, it's their focus. They start living. When they're reformed, they start fixating themselves on the consequences that that behavior has on their life. They start really obsessing on the consequences. And that allows them and, and supports them in making better decisions. And I think it's the same thing with the food. Right? So that's how you train yourself over and over again. Um, someone, I saw that, was the podcast on. Podcast, the podcast is Program Yourself Then. And so... These are all, again, these are streamed live to, to YouTube. You can watch those all there if you like watching video. If you like listening to audio, they're on all the, the podcast services. Yeah, program yourself then. Thank you very much. I was saying like, like Jay Lauren. I, I was wondering, is your name Lauren? Is your last name Lauren? But thank you. Thank you for letting me know that. Someone says, I got rid of large sizes. I can visualize myself in my jeans and small tops that once fit. Sad. Um, I don't understand. I got rid of large sizes. I can visualize. Um. I don't understand that question. Say it again if you get a misunderstanding. I don't want to talk about something. I feel like I'm misunderstanding. Someone said, I learned higher self-coaching through meditation. It was amazing, but I fell back into familiar. Yeah, and that, listen, it's, um, that's the path of mastery. You know what I mean? And I think that's why I use that phrase, weight mastery, because I, I want to get you off of weight loss as much as possible. And I want to get you into the mindset of mastery, you know? So it's like I play guitar and it's like, it's a never ending process. And so some people get intimidated by that or scared because they just want, like with dieting, right? There's no, it's not a path of mastery. It's someone saying, here's the plan and now just follow it. It's the opposite of mastery and it doesn't work. So I think as you start orienting yourself, I think it's a, it's a mindset that's not well put out into the world. This idea of mastery, of constant never ending improvement, just always getting better step by step because we're conditioned just want, we just want instant results. Just give me the plan, I'll follow it and I just want to lose the weight. You know, but it's like, once you lose the weight, it's like, then, then the work just really begins to be honest. You know what I mean? So why not recognize that on day one? Don't be scared of it. Accept it, acknowledge it. It can be a little intimidating at first, right? But just calm down and relax and say, okay, well, how do I want to proceed? Well, let's keep moving forward because it can become exciting. You know, it's like, for me, it's like the weight parts I've got down, but it's like, each and every day, I'm always working on mastering certain aspects of my lifestyle, my eating, and, and just my mindset. And it's it's fun. You know what I mean? Like every little day, you, you just you improve a little bit here and there, and you never know when the big improvement's going to spontaneously happen. And it, it's like addictive, and it's fun, and it's exciting because one thing that will drive your brain more than almost anything else is a sense of progress. And I think that's a big problem with the weight loss because the weight loss is defined as the progress stops as soon as you get lose the weight. You know what I mean? And so there's no life after that. Like, well, what do you do? You keep following the diet? 
People think, they don't even think, I've, I ask this question all the time, people, what are you going to do once you lose the weight? I don't know, I'll figure it out then. No, you won't. <laughs> because you have literally no concept of what to do. You have no concept of how to live as a thin person. Being an overweight person who commits to losing weight for a little while is completely different than living as a thin person. And I'm here to tell you that now, and I know you already know it because that's what you've experienced if you've lost any weight. And then you put it back on. It's not because you're broken. It's not because something's wrong with you. It's because you literally have no sense. You have no program at all in your subconscious mind of what it's like to live as a thin person. And so you lose the weight because losing the weight is still part of being an overweight person. And so you lose the weight and now you're like, holy shit, what do I do now? I, I don't even know myself. I don't know what I'm doing. You, you're, you don't have that programming. I'm just here to tell you that. And it's a truth. I know it because I've been doing this for 20 years. And so no one talks about it, but it's true. Um, that's awesome, Sadie. That's a, that's a great, great technique. But again, that's what I'm saying. Like, like use that technique. The technique, it's like what Zig Ziglar used to say. Um, people say motivation doesn't last, but neither does neither does uh, uh, your cleanliness. So you get a shower every day. I just butchered that somehow. But you get the idea that sometimes we tend to think like, well, if I learn a motivation technique, well, that should just last forever, you know? But it's much more about consistency, right? It's like, it's like guitar. I could learn a song right and it's like if i don't keep practicing it somewhat right if i don't maintain it then i will forget how to play it okay so it's the same thing so you start to develop that there's no like that's why the hypnosis thing is completely wrong because people think like i'm gonna put a put a spell on them that's gonna change them forever and, and that's just not true because you're a living being you're constantly evolving and changing and growing so you need to be there for the ride that is why i teach self-hypnosis now I'm here every day. I mean, constantly, I'm always, because once you understand hypnosis, self-hypnosis specifically, it's forever. Like you have an internal dialogue, right? You talk to yourself in your head, right? And that conversation is always relevant to what's going on in your life, you see? And things are always different in your life. Situations are new. So everything's always changing and evolving. Things aren't the same. And so you need to have the ability to adjust and adapt and, you know what I mean, kind of keep moving. And that can seem scary on one hand because you're kind of like so obsessed you're so programmed to have the idea that like, well, I'm just going to fix this and it's going to be done. It's not going to be done. You're going to have to forever. I mean, they, for me, right? For example, they keep coming out with new foods, right? So it's like, I could like eat some new, the biggest one I've had lately is like these spicy, uh, like uh, corn chips. They're like these blue corn chips, red hot blues or something. I think they're called. And, um, like a year or two ago they came out and I was like those are like the best thing I ever tasted so all of a sudden now it's a new thing I gotta kind of deal with you know what I mean like and so we don't live in a vacuum we always have to you know what I mean like like we got to get the ability to adjust and adapt and be flexible you know and so the fact that you learn that's higher self-coaching through meditation um it was amazing but I fell back in the familiar probably because you stopped using the technique so much you know and, and if that's not why then maybe you need to optimize the technique more Okay, but you're onto something there because I know that technique works, but you have to keep updating it, keep keep tweaking it and changing it. You know, it's like your car. It's like, oh, I got the oil changed. All right, now I don't have to think about it ever again. No, you got to think about another 5,000 miles or whatever. You know what I mean? And so it's the same thing with us. We have to stay, um, stay working on it. Yeah, so more work and get back on the horse. Yeah, exactly. It's always just getting back on the horse, which my program is self-thin technique, my self-hypnosis technique I teach people. It's a combination of two techniques, the redo technique, rehearsal technique. Redo technique is about looking back over the day finding one thing that you wanted to do that you kind of made a mistake whether you wish you did better and learning from it and programming in your mind what you want to do instead because most people never learn from their mistakes so they just keep repeating them okay so it's important to have a daily process i do i do the program yourself thin technique now i don't just do it for weight loss anymore i do it for for a lot with my business um is one of the main things i focus on 
um, in terms of changing all the time. But I do it with being a parent I want to be, being a husband I want to be. Like things in my life, I will use this technique all the time. Right? It's, it's an active thing. And I'm doing it specifically at night, right, right before I go to bed. And then I'm, act, I'm doing it constantly in real time as well. I'm constantly using hypnosis on myself to influence myself in the way that I want to. Okay, very powerful tool. Why wouldn't you use it? You know, um, it's very, very helpful. Um, how can you train your subconscious mind for weight loss? Yeah, it's really about, I think the most important way to think about it is that you're, it's, see, you're so fixated on tactics. You know what I mean? Like when it comes to weight loss, the diet industry has you focused on like eating less food, stop eating that, eat this, whatever. But you're never thinking about what's going on inside of you. And so I think the most important way to train your subconscious mind for weight loss is to as often as possible and as intensely as possible, connect to your ideal self. And so it's not just your thin self, it's the best version of you. When you're relaxed, when you're calm, when you're confident, when you're motivated, when you're focused on what's important to you in life, that's the best version of you. And it's about connecting to that as much as possible because you don't do that. That's again why I put this out there. I, I, I told, I reoriented my business because I'm like, I just want to put all just free, I just want to be out there for people to hear this stuff because I was thinking to myself, I'm like, where all my clients i'm like where do you get any positive programming from you know it's getting better now because there's podcasts all over the place there's youtube and so people are able to get more stuff out there but but even still i don't know like in the weight loss world i don't hear a lot of good stuff i hear lots of tactics lots of things you should do and i hear very few people talking about how you get yourself to do it and so that's why i want to get out there and just put this information like every day i'm out here doing this because again this is my mission you know, this is life or death to me. I don't think, I don't want you to lose weight so you can wear a bathing suit at the beach. I mean, that's a nice little bonus, but I want you to lose weight so that you can have extra years of your life with your family and with people that you love. I want you to live the best, happiest, longest life you can lead. And that's what it feels like to me. And so I want to put this information out there so I can keep on influencing you um, and getting you to think about weight loss differently. So um, there's a lot of ways to train your subconscious mind. I think using, you know, obviously my program, but, but listening to me is one way, putting positive stuff in there, educating yourself, um, consistently, you know, aiming yourself at the goal that, that, that you're aiming for is, is a powerful way to do it. Um, someone says invaluable info. Thank you. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Can you elaborate a bit on the, what the hell effect? Yeah. What the hell effect? So that's unique to dieters. And, um, why does this happen? I think it's because in my opinion, dieting, the dieting mindset is a hypnotic trance that you are currently in. If you're trying to lose weight and you're struggling with it, you are literally in a hypnotic trance caused by the dieting industry and it keeps you trapped. You know, it's a very limited way of thinking about things and it's very, very illogical, right? The dieting mindset is very illogical. Doesn't make a lot of sense. When you pull out of it and look at it, you say, geez, that, that doesn't make any sense. Why is everyone doing it? Because everyone's entranced. And you're entranced because there's a lot of reasons, but one of the probably biggest ones is it's overwhelming. There's a million diets that so seems different, and but really they're the same in the sense that they're telling you what to do and you're supposed to just do it. Um, the next one is that it's, how many ads have you seen for diets over your life? You know, And so they fixate you to think about weight loss in a very specific way. And it's very limited and it's very inadequate and incomplete. And so what the hell effect anyways, so why it caused, I don't know, but the what the hell effect is basically, they did a study where they brought people in, some were dieters, some were weren't, and they basically had them go over their diet. They, they, they fed them milkshakes. Um, I forget, I forget the specifics of it now. You have to look it up to get the real specifics. Long story short is that as soon as they had dieters and non-dieters and when the, they, they both kind of overfed them a little bit. And when the dieters overate a little bit, they ended up way overeating. 
right? So they, they drank almost twice as much milkshakes as the people that are non-dieters. And basically all it means is this, it's the all or nothing mindset, right? And so when you're constantly restricting, restricting, restricting in this all or nothing place, right? Cause it's like, it's all or nothing. It's perfect or nothing. And so the second they make a little mistake, they way go overboard with it, right? Because really their motivation is coming from being perfect. So they think get the fastest results possible. So the second they kind of overdid it, they feel like they totally blew it. So what the hell, what's the point? doesn't matter now. I blew it by a little bit. So screw it. Cause again, it's all or nothing. It's very black or white. And it's that way of thinking. That's a, that's a hypnotic suggestion that the diet industry's put into you. When you think about weight loss, you think about it in an all or nothing way which keeps you trapped because you can't get good at anything if you're all or nothing because the only way you learn is through a feedback loop of learning from your mistakes. And so the probably one of the key reasons you can't lose weight is because you're either perfect or you're not and you never learn. That's why I do the redo technique so you can learn from your mistakes. All right, so again, look it up. You'll, you'll get a little more detail on it, but that's kind of the, the gist of it. Most people are only motivated once they see results. When I'm thin, it's easy for me to maintain. Yeah, exactly. So we want to get ourselves into a thin mindset right from the beginning um, kind of create the person we want to be and start operating out of that version of ourselves. That's why I say my approach is an inside out approach. You know, think of yourself as a thin, healthy person now, even when you're overweight and start referencing that person, let that person guide you. You know, it's the, the most effective way. Any pointers are someone going on a cruise? Yeah. Okay. Going on a cruise. I would say, enjoy the cruise. Okay. Don't worry about the food. Don't go crazy with it. So you want to, I, we have a strategy called minimize the damage. Um, but don't go, don't go crazy with it, but also don't try and restrict yourself because then you'll be really sorry. People that restrict themselves on vacations come back from and say, you know, what, what did I do? And now they, they just have a long time of, of overeating to make up for it. So enjoy yourself. Um, drink lots of water, put lots of healthy food in your body. Okay. So again, this requires you not to be all or nothing. Um, go on the cruise and enjoy yourself, but every opportunity you have to nourish yourself and put healthy food in your body, do it and eat the crap. Okay. But get healthy stuff in your body too. And again, minimize the damage is the, is the key there. All right. Someone says beside your podcast, what books, et cetera, to learn subconscious and self-hypnosis. Um, I would say NLP frogs and apprentices is great. Um, uh, Use your brain for a change is really good. I love NLP. Love the information. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I love it. Amazing. You're very knowledgeable. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Um, middle name. Oh, okay. Middle name. Got it. Yeah. Obsessed on your consequences. Great strategy. It is. It's super. How does hypnosis help you lose weight? I kind of answered that. All right. I got to get out of here, but I would love to answer even Lolo's questions. I got to go. But all right. I'm, I'm here all the time anyways. Usually kind of one to three-ish um, is the general time. So have a great day, everyone, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.